Welcome to the Becoming Titans podcast. I'm Russ Yeager, founder and CEO of Body Transformation University. I help busy business owners and executives get a beach-ready body without killing themselves in the gym hours every day, giving up the foods they love, or taking away time from their family or business. I believe putting your health first is the most important thing you can do to propel your business and financial success, ignite passion in your relationships, and to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing inspirational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome to the show. Today I have John Austinson with me. John is an expert in franchising, so I'm so excited. We are already chatting before. Uh, as a lot of you guys know, I own a, a couple of franchises I have for many years, so John is the expert. He's been the vice president of a uh, national uh, franchise organization, and now he is helping people, everyday normal people, who know that they want to own their own business, but they really don't know maybe how to do it or what to do, find the perfect franchise uh, for them so that they can, you know, be their own boss or even be an absentee owner and have passive income. So, John, welcome to the show. Great to speak with you, brother. Russ, thanks for having me on. Love the show and excited about our conversation. Awesome, man. So let's start off. Tell us how you got into franchising. Yeah. No, I kind of stumbled into it. So like many of your listeners had a long run in the corporate world, you know, live here in Buckhead right down the road from you. And, um, you know, it had a good run and they put the golden handcuffs on you. It was hard to break free, but, you know, like so many, I had that entrepreneurial itch. And um, for me, I, I kind of went from public company to pri private company life. I had the opportunity to serve as president of Shelf Genie Franchise System, which is a large national uh, franchise program and, you know, able to support our franchisees day to day. And so, you know, lots of learnings and through that experience, and it really opened up my eyes to franchising in this world outside of food. You know, when I say franchise, you think food in most cases, maybe not you, but most listeners. And yet half of the market are in other opportunities outside of food. So uh, I'll touch on that more in a minute. But, you know, fast forward, I've partnered with the founder of Shelf Genie. We've invested in franchises ourselves. I'm, I'm a fellow franchisee, just like you, multi-location, multi-brand franchisee. I've got other business partners. And, you know, we've been able to set it up. So we put good people in place, you know, it allows me to spend about 90% of my time now helping others do what I was able to do. So, um, you know, it's encouraging to see out there. We've never been as busy. Entrepreneurship is alive and well, you know, yeah, there are clouds on the horizon about recession, but most people are realizing that it really is localized and there's never a perfect time to buy a business, but a lot of them are saying now's as good a time as ever. And I think COVID's caused a lot of them to question the path they're on and say, maybe now's time to jump in. So, um, we've never done so many deals. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of folks are also realizing, you know, there's cash on the sidelines. Where are you going to put it? Only so many good investments, you know, stock markets all around real estate, you know, it's kind of limited as far as good deals go. And so we're seeing more and more wake up to business ownership through franchising in all these other categories. That's awesome, man. First of all, I, I wish I had realized we were both in Atlanta. We could have connected uh, in the studio uh, together, but we'll definitely connect and so, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, we have a similar story. I mean, I was climbing the corporate ladder as a CPA and I knew at an early age, I was like, man, I don't, this isn't the path I want to take. I saw the partners that were, you know, 50 and they look 75 and it just wasn't my passion. And, you know, I won that contest. I said, this is, I want to do something in fitness and was lucky enough to find a, 
a good franchise that was a good fit for me. So how do, and, and I got to say, I'm going to ask a question, but I got to say, I, love, I already respect, respect a lot of things about you. But one thing I really respect, and, and I hope you guys heard it, is John, he helps people find franchises and they're, they're a brokerage, right? That yeah. helps, but he owns franchises, guys. So he's doing what he's selling. And I'm a big believer in that. It's one of my biggest motivations is not just to personally stay fit, but to be fit because you don't want to go to the dentist with the rotten teeth or the overweight uh, personal trainer. So John is, is a, a client of what he is, is offering. So he knows what it's like. He's living it. Um, it's one thing to say, hey, franchising is great. Uh, but when you say I own this, this is a part of my, you know, business plan and income for my family. It's a whole nother story. So how does someone, you know, I was, I don't know exactly how old you were, but I was, you know, 27, 28. I was single. I had some money saved up. You know, it was a, a risk, but you know, it was not a huge risk at that point, you know? So what if somebody has a, a good job, they have those golden handcuffs then they're interested in franchising, uh, but they have kids, you know, they have mortgage, all that kind of stuff. What kind of advice do you give to your clients on that? Yeah, first I'd say nothing's ever easy. I mean, it's going to probably be a little bit harder than you think to step into business ownership. But a lot of people are realizing you can build up a cash flow, you can build an asset with an exit value, you can write off expenses as a business owner. So we're seeing more and more either take the jump. I'd say about half of our clients are look, looking to be owner operators and and you step in full time. The other half are looking to do an executive model or semi absentee where they put a manager in place day one and we kind of help them uh, down that path. Um, but no, you know, within the world of franchising, you probably know this, Russ, there's roughly 4,000 brands in the U.S. Roughly half of those are in food and lodging. Those are the two categories we don't play in. I, I just think they're easier ways to make money, and I'm happy to dig into why that is. Um, but, you know, it's, it's these other half, you know, so the 2,000, we've narrowed it down to roughly 600. You know, we're, we're affiliated with the largest brokerage in the U.S., um, and then we do more deals than about 99% of other brokers. So it gives us great insight into, you know, the activity in the market. So, you know, it's things like home and property services, it, you know, which has been wildly popular the past few years. It's health and wellness and fitness, as you mentioned. I mean, we're still doing oil change deals. And you now what will people spend on in a recession? You know, the things they care about, their kids, their pets, their aging population, you know, their parents, part of the aging population. And there's so many little niches that cater to these different categories. Um, and what I love, Russ, is that you can get backgrounds that never match up to the opportunity. I'd say 80 to 90% of my clients end up purchasing something they've got no experience in and no background, but they get, and it was never on their radar, but they can get trained up and then they hire good people. And I mean, it's, it's turnkey. Again, nothing's ever easy. I don't mean to sugarcoat it, but you really do get to start on third base instead of first base. Um, some people are too entrepreneurial and franchising is not right for them. But for the vast many, even existing business owners, they say, hey, I'd rather not reinvent the wheel again. I'd rather you know, uh, be in business for myself, but also you know, buy, not by myself, have that franchisor. So um, you know, we just see success stories. You know, I just had a Wall Street attorney buy a gutter business. You know, I've got a lot of medical uh, professionals, a whole lot of them you know, stepping in. So we see white collar folks oftentimes stepping into blue collar industries and they say we can do better. You know, it's Things that are non-trendy, that are understandable, cash flowing, things like dumpsters or, you know, insulation or, you know, fitness that caters to those 50 and above or things that aren't going to go out of style. Um, that's you know, Non-sexy is the new sexy, I joke. And so it is really fascinating when you can peel back the onion and see the light bulb go on for folks around the types of opportunities out there. Man, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's you know, a lot of people want that, that flashy business. They want that, the thing they're passionate about. 
And, you know, but sometimes for me, I know for me, I, I am passionate about fitness. I'm lucky to be in a franchise, you know, with something I love. And we also, we cater to that over 50 population, you know, who's able, willing to invest, you know, into their health. And, and so it works out. But I know for me, a lot of people, oh, I want to be creative. I want to do my own thing. Like I want to be successful. So I have no problem starting on third uh, instead of first. And that's what franchising, you know, can do. So, so I, uh, my instinct is that uh, some of our listeners, are, you know, successful in their business. They've maybe worked their way out of operations and they're looking to add something symbiotic or maybe even, you know, a totally different industry so that they can have, you know, multiple sources of income. How, how can um, somebody get in touch with you, John? Yeah. I think I'd doing. say come out to our website, frambridgeconsulting.com, sign up for our monthly newsletter. We put out some great content. We have a book coming out in the next two months, uh, probably late September, early October called Non-Food Franchising. And it talks through, what are the pros and cons and trade-offs of buying a franchise versus a traditional startup versus buying an existing business and talks through the process that we go through to match them up with the right opportunities. Um, you know, it's entirely free to work with us. It's a great model. We're funded by the franchise brands on the back end. And, you know, we know what we're looking for. We've vetted down the franchises with the best leadership teams and backgrounds, the financial models that, you know, higher barriers to entry. And if it's a low barrier, what are those competitive advantages? So no, we just love being able to, be able to help educate and, and help people step into business ownership. So yeah, come out to our website, sign up for our newsletter. We'll make sure that all of your listeners, Russ, also get a copy of our book for free uh, when it comes out. Oh man, that's super kind. Give the website one more time, John. Yeah, frambridgeconsulting.com. And uh, we've got a lot of good content out there as well. So yeah, we'd love to engage, you know, when the timing's right, if you'd like to have a conversation, certainly open to, uh, to jumping on call as well. Awesome. Yeah. One, one question I want to have, and again, I'm a, you know, not, not the expert that you are in the overall industry, but you know, a lot of people think myself, you know, you, you have a franchise and now you're going to go run this business and they have a proven system that's going to help you. But what I'm hearing a lot more of, and I think maybe this is what you mean with absentee owner or, or semi-absentee owner, is people looking at franchises as an alternative investment, especially with the volatility, uncertainty in the stock market. You know, real estate, I love real estate. I'm a real estate guy. You know, it's great. But, you know, really looking at, at franchising as a, um, an investment. And I've even seen some, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, like some franchise funds, basically, where you're completely hands off and, and investing in those funds. So kind of kind of speak to that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I give a talk to investor groups, sometimes called franchising as an asset class. We talk about how to think about it and what the, again, the types of returns are eye-opening. When you think about the initial investment, I'd say most of our deals are between 150 and 300,000. You know, um, some are certainly higher, some are a little bit lower, but, you know, when you look at what those can cash flow, I mentioned the gutter business, their average franchisees doing 1.7 million at a 30% margin. You extrapolate that over your cost of entry of call it 200,000, you can get some really strong returns. Of course, if you're not running the business day to day, then, then having a manager in place is important. You know, what I found is nothing's entirely passive. You know, you're always, but that, most of my clients want some degree of hands-on involvement. They want to coach from the sidelines. They want to open up their Rolodex and tap into their referral network. And so that's something that we talk about because I do have a lot of clients that exactly doing what you said. I mean, a good example, build down a portfolio, Nathan uh, Bocock, repeat client of ours in South Carolina, largest franchisee of two million truck, $30 million a year business across 10 markets, 40 years old. He came to us a couple of years ago and said, hey, I'd love to buy, expand my portfolio. You know, what do you have? We got, got him into a business in waste management that he loved. He came back, bought additional locations. Um, he bought it a year later, he came and said, I'm ready for another one. How about home services? Looking to diversify, kind of like you're saying, different income streams. Yeah, you know, 
introduced him to several opportunities. He picked one as a driveway business, which I'm actually an investor in as well. And in his case, he puts a young guy that he finds, you know, through church or in the community, you know, 27, 28 years old over the business, gives them the reins and says, Hey, you know, I'll coach you from the sidelines. But the nice thing with franchising is you also have that franchisor coaching your, your manager as well. They can go to that franchisor support team with questions and they're going to keep them marching in the right direction. So it's really a tag team approach between you and the franchisor and managing the manager, if you think about it that way. And yeah, you mentioned the passive funds. I haven't found one out there that I like personally. I, I think in, unless you have really skin in the game, you know, running that business or have someone that you've aligned incentives around, I just think that's a better path personally. That that's my bias around that one. Yeah, I was I was just it was an interesting idea, but I agree, man. Skin skin in the game. I mean, a lot of people you know want that passive income, but if you're going to be in a business, I mean, you know, there, there's work to be done, and and I don't, I don't think work is a bad thing. I think work is a is a good thing, especially if you're enjoying it. Um, so what, um, so when you have people come to you, John, do you help if they're, if they're like, I want to be in this industry, do you go straight to that industry or do you kind of figure out, well, Hey, based on what your overall goals are, maybe you should, you know, look at this, this, and this, just because you're maybe more passionate about this. hundred percent. No, we'll definitely give, you know, tap into industries and, you know, give focus to areas of consideration, but I'll also, you know, throw out other opportunities to share some of those same characteristics and, it's just so much fun for me, Russ, because again, these are opportunities that for the most part were never on people's radars. I mean, we just had a client in our backyard here in Atlanta. It was a couple. They bought a parking lot maintenance business that, you know, fixes cracks and, you know, potholes. It does some overcoating, but it does all the line striping. It's a recurring revenue type business for them. It's a B2B model. And so it's those riches and the niches that people love. So in our process, what I found is we can sit around and theorize all day about businesses, but still, until we look at opportunities, you're not going to crystallize in your mind that framework of how do you analyze option A versus option B and what are the trade-offs. So yeah, we like to jump right in. You know, we, we'll have a call, have them fill out some information, but then we'll jump right in. I mean, we've done this long enough and we've seen enough backgrounds that we kind of have a good gut feel immediately for the types of opportunities. We look at what's available in their market and we'll take them through on that next call, eight, nine, 10 opportunities that we see as the best fit um, you know, for them. Again, what's resonating in the market with other folks as well. And then they will pick three or four, you know, for an initial call, no obligation. We'll make the introductions. And then from there, you know, they can drop one, they can bring another one back into play. And, you know, we jump on touch bases with them every week or two and help them kind of process what they're hearing and serve as a sounding board. Um, you know, but the franchisor, as you know, has a very thorough process to take them through to make sure they get all their questions answered. They understand the financials. They get to talk to other franchisees in the system. Really make sure that you're going in eyes wide open into that final decision. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right, I want to go uh, rapid fire. We got a few minutes left and this, this may be a little hard to answer quick, but and this is a selfish question. So in terms of is somebody looking to expand their business or they want to have a franchise that they're not in there every day and they have a manager, what, do, what are you guys thoughts, recommendations on having that person be an equity partner versus just really taking care of them, you know, as an employee? clients do it both ways. I've got some that say, Hey, you think you want equity, but you don't really want equity. What you want is the upside potential. Let's create a profit sharing plan that mimics equity. I see a lot of that. And we, and we help our clients just based on our experiences, kind of think through that. The guy I mentioned, Nathan, he's all about equity. He's like, I'd rather have a smaller nut of a incentivized business, you know? And so he gives these young guys a good bit of equity. You know, for one of ours recently, we had our manager approach us and say, hey, I love this business. I see the potential. I want to buy in. And we let him buy at a discounted rate, 
20% with some clawback provisions in there. And that just sets him up. I mean, now he acts like an owner because he is an owner. Awesome. Awesome. So I have to ask health and fitness. How important is that as a uh, business owner? It's part of your business yeah. plan. Oh, it, it's vital. As we were talking about earlier, you know, I meet with a trainer a couple times a week and, you know, unfortunately, um, I had an ACL tear uh, earlier this spring, so I'm still uh, going through rehab, recovering from that. And Russ, this is when you know you're old. I know we're about the same stage of life, and you certainly have pulled off health and fitness better than I have. But, you know, I'd start playing in an early morning dad's basketball game. Kids go to uh, Heritage right down the road here. And we started playing, and the very first week, I tore my ACL, first time I've ever had a knee injury. Following two weeks, we had guys tear their Achilles. And so since then, I don't feel old because I had an injury, but I feel old because people say, oh, you're 42 years old. You still play basketball? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> so um, health and wellness, extremely important to me um, as well. I, yeah, I tore my hamstring a few weeks ago. So uh, I, I always say I can do everything I could do at, at 27, but it just uh, it, it takes a little longer to recover. <laughs> it does. It does. Absolutely. So the, the stretching and mobility, that stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff has, has become huge for me. Um, last question, one or two tips that you can recommend for a business owner as we are going into or, you know, already in a recession to, yeah, to you know, thrive and, and thrive? Yeah, obviously, you know, I, I think finding opportunities that can be cut back on the expense side over time if need be. Uh, also, you know, I really take the mindset and most of my clients do, you know, more so what opportunities are going to be posed, you know, let's play chess, not checkers and think a few steps down the road. What, what do we anticipate the competition doing? You know, when times get tougher, they'll probably cut back on their marketing. Well, that's an opportunity to go gain market share on the marketing side, you know, put the foot to the, um, you know, to the mat, you know, think through, you know, are there additional revenue opportunities? Are there additional consumer segments? So I always like to play offense instead of defense. I mean, there's a time for playing defense. You got to shore things up, but it's, I mean, I've seen some of the best market share gains and opportunities come out of tougher times. I love it, man. Often, I definitely I believe in offense versus defense. In 2008, I played defense. I got scared. I watched the news. I lowered my prices, and we survived. Uh, this time, I've, I've learned my lesson. We are on, but we're hitting revenue records. I mean, I, you know, you don't, you don't want to bury your head in the sand, but we're going full force. We're investing hard. You know, we're at our all-time high in revenues. And I tell my team, this is, you know, recession is, a time when most people are going to do what I did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it is now, 2008. And, but the people who, but the people who go on offense, you, it's separate, you know, it's Ed Milet, one of my, you know, mentors says separation season. And the more, you know, it's an opportunity. We're always looking to separate from the competition, but now as people are cowering in defense and we go on offense, it just separates and there's always a market uh, for the best. So I love that. Love John, that. give us your website one more time, man. Yeah, franbridgeconsulting.com. Look forward to engaging with any listeners. We'll make sure to get a copy of the book to you as well. Awesome, brother. So much value today. I know you guys love this show. Be sure to share it out and give John some love. Appreciate you. See you next time. Rush Yeager here. Thanks so much for listening to the Becoming Titans podcast. If you're a successful business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, consider your company as having a true purpose and would like to be a guest on this program, please visit rushyeager.com forward slash apply. And hey, if you got value out of the interview today, I'd be so grateful if you simply would share it on your favorite social media platform. 
And if you know someone who would be a great guest for the show, tag them on social media to let them know about it and include hashtag Becoming Titans. I love seeing you guys' posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and really mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more about what I do, go to RussJager.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, all under my name. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time.